I'm Noah, and you're listening to Product Journey. Um, have you done a solo podcast before? No. And I don't, I don't know if I'd be very like good that. at it, because it's quite hard. I find it hard with someone, <laughs> let alone just sitting there on my own. <laughs> I'm not like a well, maybe talkative person. Yeah, in some ways, maybe it's easier by yourself because, I don't know, you can just go completely off your own notes or your own script or mm. whatever i mean you did those youtube videos those were pretty cool i liked when you did those yeah. kind of like vlog ish <laughs> kind of videos those were pretty good you should bring those back <laughs> yeah that was so much work again it was it was uh, like a little bit out of my comfort zone because I, I don't really like being on camera but i i, I did want to give it a shot because uh -huh. i've been watching youtube for so long i was just i just kind of wanted to try it and see what it felt like but yeah it was yeah, there was like that one ahead. video you did where you were like in a boat or something and like yeah. telling tips, <laughs> I remember. <laughs> that, that was, you know, it was clever. It was it was creative. <laughs> yeah, I think that was the one when I announced I'd left my job. So, I went, yeah, it was like a celebration video. I went out on a boat <laughs> and sat in the middle of a lake. <laughs> yeah, nice. Um, let's see. So for those of you listening... I'm talking to Dan and actually what's your Dan Roden, right? That's your last name. Rowden. Yeah. Rowden. Okay. Don't want to say it, say it wrong. <laughs> um, but Dan, you've been, he's been on Twitter for quite a while and you've got multiple different products. You've got Illo, um, you've got Cope or is it Cope? I think it's called Cove. Um, yeah. but yeah, lots of Cove. Yeah. Lots of, uh, multiple products that you're kind of working on at the same time, which I do have, I do kind of have a topic kind of, I want to ask you about around that. Cause I feel like everyone's kind of talking about like the doing like multiple things versus one focus thing. And I, and I've seen you, you know, on Twitter, I feel like you're always replying to people that have questions around that. And mm -hmm. it seems like you're, you're interested in that because, you know, you are doing kind of multiple things. Um, so yeah, I think we can kind of go into that at some point, but I also want to hear, you know, kind of what you've been up to on Illo. Um, you're also moving soon, it sounded yep. like, going back home to Finland. So that's pretty cool. Um, so yeah, these are some of the things, this is kind of more so for everyone listening, that we're going to get into here as uh, we're talking with Dan. Because um, uh, Dan, you've been a, a maker for a while now um, mm -hmm. and doing doing some cool stuff. Do you Do you share your numbers publicly anymore? I know you did at one point. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, it's fun when you start to share your numbers because you, like, you can see quick growth. But um, as time goes on, I, I, either like it feels like I've, I've said this already, like why why does anyone need to know the next kind of milestone? But also, yeah, I think as it, I don't know, it's, you lose the excitement, I guess, of sharing all your numbers when it's just like small increments later on. Um, and also, uh, yeah, I've yeah. seen a bit of slower growth and I don't, there's not a lot to share, I guess is like one of the main reasons. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think, yeah, I felt maybe, that maybe... it's definitely harder, harder to share when it's kind of flatlining and there's not mm -hmm. as much growth. Um, you're kind of like, yeah, that's kind of the same. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, that, no, that makes sense. Um, yeah, you don't have to share, uh, your numbers, but I, I kind of have an idea kind of where you're at you're at at least um, kind of kind of doing the indie hacker thing solo, right? So you're kind mm -hmm. of in the ballpark of being able to put, you know, probably pay all of your bills and stuff with your own stuff, which is awesome. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, that's a good place to be where you have a lot of control, you have a lot of freedom. So mm -hmm. yeah, that's pretty awesome. Um, so yeah, I, uh, let's see, thinking of some of the things we're, uh, we're going to go into there. Um, so I saw recently on Illo. So Illo is your kind of Twitter tool for like analytics tracking among some other things. And it looked like you're starting to work on a cool new feature where you can do replies. Um, mm -hmm. So I was curious, like what was the thinking behind that feature? And can you share a little bit more like what that, what that's about? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, from the beginning, Illo was an analytics tool. Um, and I tried to make it the best analytics tool out there. And when I started Illo, there weren't all that, maybe Hype Fury was out, but none of the other Twitter tools that you'll know today were like existed. So Illo felt kind of fresh and new and it was exciting to kind of enter a very like new market. Um, 
and Twitter had been releasing the new APIs and stuff. So they were kind of gearing up to be more open so people could build more more tools. So since since Illo started in J- July 2020, the tool like the market of Twitter tools has grown huge. So over time, yeah, it seems like there's tools, tons of them now. Right. Yeah, it's a lot easier to build on Twitter now. Um, so yeah, so over the past two years, a lot of other things have happened and people have built other things. They've all included analytics. Um, and over time, I think even though I've tried to make Yellow like much more comprehensive than like most of the writing tools, which add a little bit of analytics, Yellow's kind of fallen behind in the market because of its sole focus on an- analytics. Um, and I think maybe the creation tools is part of Twitter that I neglected because I wanted to be the best analytics rather than kind of a, an all-round tool for Twitter. But I think maybe if you look at the market and listen to customers, they kind of want that part of ELO um, to kind of like the creation part of it. Um, so yeah, I've been looking at ways to build that and the reply feature I've been building recently is just kind of something that I've noticed um, a, kind of a problem, not really a problem, but um, in the summer I started tweeting less. Um, I'd, had, I'd had like a nearly 300 day tweet streak um, and then I yeah, just took it easy for a bit. And and in that time, I realized that a lot of a lot of people who replied to my tweets, I don't see their replies necessarily in the Twitter app. Um, so, and I find it really hard if you look at your notifications, like to see the replies to your tweets. And replying to tweets is very important for Twitter growth, especially if you're a smaller account. You need to be visible. You need to keep like you need to stay in conversations, um, and yeah, make connections with people. So yeah, I came up with this idea of building a reply tool into Illo that tracks all the replies to your own tweets. And then you could easily just like, it comes up with a really easy list. You just type your reply, hit send, and then get moved to the next one. It's just like batch replies, basically. Um, and then, yeah, I fleshed that out into adding Twitter lists. So you can, I have a Twitter list with like my favorite accounts in or people I want to track or or stay in conversation with. Um, and I add them to a Twitter list mm. and then Illo pulls in the tweets from that list from those people. So I'm not replying to replies to my tweets, I'm replying to their own tweets. So it's kind of a, a second okay. angle to the reply tool. It just helps people stay stay engaged basically. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. And it's, you know, I I found, you know, I first joined Twitter like kind of wanting to really use it for like the, the business kind of sense of like, mm you know, uh, growing my business, um, engaging with people that made sense around that. And also, I I mean, I guess the other reason is like connecting with people that I was learning from and really kind of using it as like a learning tool a lot Mm -hmm. of the time. And I think over the years, it's kind of gotten bloated for me to where like, and this is probably true for a lot of people where it's like, I don't know where a lot of that content and those tweets have gone where it was, you know, it's just gotten a lot more than just what I really want, you know? And so I can see kind of the features you're talking about where it's, it it allows you to really focus in on like, what are the things that you're wanting to get out of Twitter, the people that you're wanting to communicate with and allowing you to do that without like all the extra noise. Um, So that's, that's pretty cool. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So you can kind of do the same thing in Twitter if you make your list and then you can go to the list, obviously, and see, see the tweets. Um, but Illo filters out all the retweets and um, and replies that those people leave that you'll see in that list. So it, it, like if someone writes a thread, you'll typically see all the tweets from that thread in, in that list in Twitter. So like Illo doesn't show all that. So yeah, it literally pulls in the main tweets so you can focus on engaging with people, reading their content. Um, yeah, and just kind of be yeah. part of the conversation, which, yeah, like you say, Twitter used to be much more like that. <laughs> it used to be more kind of conversational than just reading, I guess. Well, at least that's how it felt to me. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Um, so you mentioned that like Illo has kind of uh, stopped growing or it's kind of flatlined, which I was, you know, I've been in that same situation with Potion. Um so I guess, do you have any, like, what are, what are you trying to do? I guess you're, you're building this new features and stuff, but like what's your thinking behind why it's maybe has flatlined a little bit and what are you trying to do currently to try to, to get out of that? Um, I think uh, competition in the market is one reason. 
Um, like I mentioned, like some of the other tools are more based on creation and they've got analytics kind of within the same tool. So if you're already using to write tweets or threads, you wouldn't necessarily pay for an analytics tool as well because there's already analytics in, mm. in your writing tool. Um, even though, yeah, right. they don't focus on analytics. So it's basically just kind of charts and stuff below has like uh, insights and real-time DM updates and all that kind of extra stuff. Um, and then, yeah, maybe, I mean, I have other projects and like earlier this year, I was focused on Cove for a while, um, kind of, I guess, neglecting ELO. Um, so, yeah, when you have like multiple projects, you can't necessarily be growing them all fast at the same time. Mm -hmm. um, right. And yeah, also I, I kind of struggle with ELO, like SEO, for example. SEO might not be the best marketing channel for ELO. I don't know how many people are searching for Twitter analytics or, or like keywords around Twitter analytics because yeah. it doesn't seem very, like it's, it's not a very wide subject area. It's quite, quite narrow. It's like mm -hmm. you search for analytics for Twitter and there's not really much else you, people maybe would search for. Um, so it's quite hard to come up with content. Uh, it's, it seems like you have to go kind of away from analytics to write Twitter content. Um, maybe like, I know there's some posts on the Italo blog, like how to get your first thousand followers, that, that kind of thing, where it's not necessarily about the tool itself, it's more, more general Twitter things. And I find that quite hard to like pinpoint what kind of content that needs to be. Um, and I've been tweeting right. about it lots. Um, and I have a decent sized audience on Twitter. It just doesn't seem to convert people. Um, so yeah, uh, yeah, it's kind of hard to know what the next steps are. It, it's still a healthy business. It's like, it's not declining or dying or anything. Yeah. It's just, I would like it to be right bigger <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe, yeah maybe it doesn't need to be bigger maybe it's fine as it is right now but it's just the frustration of building something to a certain point and then it just doesn't kind of seem to get past that point or it goes very slowly past that point yeah yeah i mean it can definitely be hard to figure out like why something isn't growing faster or it what's you know maybe what's missing but it is interesting like you're saying like that we have this feeling of like it needs to be growing like it's almost like mm. this feeling that just we automatically have with with almost with anything but with businesses it's like all right it needs to be growing or it doesn't feel good even mm -hmm. though to mm -hmm. get to that point like it felt great to get to that point we're like okay we're here at whatever revenue it is and this is this is awesome but then if you're at that for a while longer it's just like wait this isn't that great anymore so mm -hmm. it's just kind of funny how even like mentally how we how we can think through that as uh entrepreneurs um but yeah it's definitely challenging to to figure out how to move the needle um and and keep a business growing um yeah. i could see so a couple of things from what you said i could see how if you were maybe focusing on some of your other projects potentially that that illo would maybe stop growing as much because that's kind of what i did with potion as well like potion was still going i was still spending you know time on it um, kind of maintaining right. it, but I wasn't mm -hmm. really putting a lot of effort, like adding new features. And what I kind of found out, like from looking back and seeing like where my growth has come from the most, I think the reason it kind of stopped growing was because I wasn't talking like kind of, cause I wasn't talking about it as much on Twitter. Um, and I had, I had thought at some point that like potion was starting to do well with SEO. Um, but when I looked back, I realized that a lot of my like Google searches, because because Google was higher than Twitter. At, it, some, at some point, there was a flippening where Google mm -hmm. gave me more traffic than Twitter did. But then, and so I thought, oh, good, my, my SEO is great, right? Like it's starting to be like its own thing. Well, I, I eventually found out when I actually dug into it more, um, when someone mentioned something I didn't even think of, is that the majority of my searches are actually brand searches, which really mm -hmm. that probably means that those are probably still people that heard about it on Twitter and then they're just going to Google like a day or two later to like go search it. So I kind of found out later that like, oh, actually like Twitter kind of still is my main driver, which in some ways I was kind of disappointed with. I was like, ah, oh, man, I was, I was like wanting to get like the, the engine kind of rolling, you know? Um, so like, I guess what I had learned from that is that like, I had kind of stopped talking about it at the beginning of this year. And I think that probably hurt it for sure. And I think even just like, you know, you building new features on Illo, like people see that and 
they they just kind of it's in the back of their mind right they're like okay mm. whenever i need like a twitter analytics tool i know that like dan's working on it he's making progress he it looked like he was making some cool stuff happen and then when they need it then they go there and they check it out and then they convert um and so i think especially with a twitter tool like what you're building like i don't know it probably the best way to have it grow is just like tweeting about it or, you know, just tweeting yeah. stuff. And that's where your audience, you know, the, the audience that needs it is at is Twitter. Right. So, um, yeah, yeah. I don't yeah, know if, if that triggers any ideas or is helpful at all. So, yeah, I think the my, my main reaction to that is, uh, I find it hard to keep going on about the same thing on Twitter when it's like self promotion. Like I find it right. quite hard. I don't, it's easy to do, but I find it hard as a concept or like morally, or I don't know what the word is, but like yeah. to be able always be like, this is my thing. I'm like, use my thing. Please check out my thing. <laughs> but I think like yeah. there's that, there's that saying that like, if you don't do the marketing, like no one else will, like it's up to you to like, to get it done and like tell people about it. Um, and while I was building reply, I was tweeting screenshots of the product in progress just to see kind of if that would do anything because I hadn't tweeted about any ELO features for a while um, and then it seemed to do uh, people were like interested in it and I had early users sign up through those tweets because they saw them and were excited about it um, and then uh, Daniel Vasallo retweeted one of my tweets and tweet said something about the reply feature and that drove and I had a huge spike of signups that one day so that I think like, if you, that's kind of like a byproduct of tweeting about it a your audience will see your mm. tweets but B, someone else might pick up your tweets and show it to their audience. So like, there's always that chance of yeah. kind of small virality of like uh, putting content out and it gets picked up. Um, yeah, I think, and obviously yeah, Twitter is the like tool. Putting yourself out there, uh, right? Yeah, right. You have a chance. Yeah. So yeah, Twitter is the tool that I'm building for. So it does make sense to be on Twitter <laughs> talking about you know more than any other channel, which is lucky because I like being on Twitter. Uh, and uh, like SEO is a struggle sometimes, but uh, if I had to pick one channel, then it would obviously be Twitter because like there is no other big channel for Elo. Um, yeah, uh, I tried ads last week. I put up an ad to see what happened, um, and that's uh, expensive. <laughs> and it, I think it was like sixteen clicks from thirty thousand impressions or something. So like that that. That one test, I did it for a day just to see. It was kind an of, ad on Twitter? Yeah, a Twitter ad. Um, okay. I made it like a quick <laughs> video on Canva to make it kind of like stand out in the feed. Um, just, to, just to kind of test it out. And obviously, it's not long enough to test it properly. But to get 16 clicks from 30,000 impressions is worse than like if I tweeted a screenshot about it. <laughs> it just doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> yeah, that's very <laughs> odd. It seems like their their ads are not optimize yet to do no. very well <laughs> no yeah um so one other idea I, I mean i think your idea about um like creating content around like how to do something like how to do well with twitter or like how to mm. grow on twitter i think like that kind of content could definitely do well like I see other people creating that kind of content and it seems to do fairly well. And then I think yeah. what it could also do is it could allow you to kind of put in little pieces about Illo of like, you know, the subject is maybe about something else that you're doing with Twitter and how like to grow with it. But then you could put a little side thing of like how you could like maybe use Illo to help you in some of those yeah. things. Cause then that kind of gives like a reason to use Illo as well, but then it's kind of like the side thing. So it doesn't have to be like, you're talking about it. All the time because i definitely um see like i definitely hear what you're saying where it's like uh i can't just like keep talking about the same things or, or my product like all the time and i think the only way that i'm able to do it is if i'm like making progress like building new things because otherwise it's yeah. like it's hard to like just talk about the same the same stuff right. <laughs> um, so i definitely feel you feel you there um i don't i don't like like just talking about the same things over and over again. Cause I feel like it's just annoying to people. I, or yeah. I imagine that it is, I don't really know what they are thinking. Well, but... I think that's <laughs> so from your perspective. Like <laughs> right. You don't yeah. really know if the market thinks like that. You just, that's how you feel. So yeah, yeah maybe it's useful. Right. I mean, people don't see all of your tweets anyway. There's no chance that all of your followers see all of your tweets. So, uh, 
right. even if you do talk about it every day or tweet about the same thing every day, not everyone's going to see those. Right. I've, I've noticed like looking at the analytics that the majority of the time, only like 10% or a lot of times even less than 10% of my followers see my tweets. So mm. it kind of gives me the feeling, that, oh, I can just say this again then. <laughs> because, right. But I guess then you don't know. Maybe it's the same 10% that are seeing it every time, though. I don't know. <laughs> no, no, it's going to be different. But impressions isn't just your followers, right? So, uh, if someone right. replies to your tweet, Twitter will show that reply. And if, if, if you're following the person who replied, you'll see the original tweet in your timeline, even though it's not from someone you follow. So Twitter right. started to like show tweets to new people. So if it, I mean, if it's ten percent of your following, it might only be six percent. <laughs> like the right, yeah, very true. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm trying to get just like, I, and that's why I hear like that's what you're supposed to do in marketing, or that's what I hear people say. So I'm trying to say sometimes say things just a little differently or something, or or say it in a mm. different way. I mean, I know even some of my favorite people to follow, that's kind of what they do. It's like they kind of say the same thing. Like they're kind of chanting the same thing. Like mm. like uh, Daniel Vassalo, for example. Like he kind of says the same stuff a lot of the time, right? Mm. But he, he kind of says it in a different way. Or like he, he says it based on some, I don't know, some other like example that he sees out in the wild. or mm. yeah. And it, it makes it interesting, right? Because it just adds a new aspect to the conversation of, usually what he's talking about is like making small bets and stuff like that. Yeah. So, yeah, I think, I think, yeah, marketing is something I need to work on for sure because the product's good and people pay for it. So like the missing link is getting new people. I think that's literally, if you boil it down to like one concept, growing yellow is just getting it in front of yeah. new people. Um, yeah, that's, and, that's what I kind of came to thinking with Potion as well, where I, I did like all these features, like in the summer, I built all this new stuff to make the product better, where I felt really good about it. But even now, like there's there's still stuff I could do and there's a lot of things I could improve, but I've kind of just told myself, like, I don't think any of that will actually move the needle very much. Like mm -hmm. I really just need to go out there and do the marketing and just get a ton of people um, seeing kind of the product and I'll be able to grow way faster that way. And, and one of the things that kind of showed me that was I, I did some kind of snooping with, uh, Ahrefs and some other tools on some of my competitors, uh, and just kind of trying to see like how much traffic they get and stuff like that. And I, I could see that some of my competitors are just getting way more traffic. And that kind of showed me like, you know, it's not like their product really does much more than mine. It's just that they got a, a ton more traffic and that's, mm. it, and it kind of showed me like that's possible. Like there is people searching for this right. stuff. There is people wanting this stuff a lot more than, you know, that come to my site. So like, I really just need to somehow get it out there more. And that's probably the biggest way I can move the needle for my business. Mm. And so now like I'm pretty much trying to focus like hundred percent on marketing type things. Um, like right now I'm doing like an engineering as marketing kind of project and I'm working on SEO a lot. Um, so I'm trying to force myself not to just do product stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which is hard. <laughs> do you find it hard? You just want to build um, stuff the whole time? It is kind of hard, but I, I've actually enjoyed the marketing. Like I've enjoyed learning about it a bit. Um, what's hard to me is the SEO stuff where you don't, get to see like the results very quickly it's like you'll write this mm. post and you'll do this stuff and then you kind of put it out there and it's just like it feels kind of like crickets where it's like when yeah. you build a product you put like some new feature out there and right away you'll have like customers giving feedback on it and like oh i liked how this and like i don't know it's, it's just a, a lot quicker feedback loop that just makes it feel better and mm. and kind of makes it harder to do like the seo marketing stuff for me at least yeah yeah, I think if you're writing a blog post, you can't, it, it's more kind of like a small help in one direction rather than like a, a, le a release on product hunt, for example, you know, is going to drive traffic instantly. It's like a big kind of moving, moving, mm -hmm. I don't know, uh, event. Uh, but yeah, a blog post, I always just think of like, it's just going to move it a little bit closer, like, yeah. like tiny little increments. And uh, that's how I, uh, at least I envisage them, but it's just like, so I started writing a blog post last week about the reply feature, like how replies are important to, to growth. 
here are some like example tweets of pe big people saying this is why replies are important and then how to do it through Elo. And it's just, it's already taken me like an hour or two just to write like the basics. And then I have to go and get all the images, <laughs> like maybe record some screen, yeah. like, screencasts. And like, it's a lot of effort just for those small increment uh, like pieces. So, yeah. Yeah. I guess you should be using the AI, the new AI stuff instead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's talking about. <laughs> yeah. What do you think that would be able to write a post about? the key like like the advantages of replying on twitter i don't know that's that's the thing with those know. ai tools will it be able to write what i want to write about i don't know <laughs> it's it's hard yeah so i tried out one a little bit and it, it definitely just didn't have my kind of tone it just it had a weird tone mm. and i felt like i would have to just kind of change a lot of it to really make it be a good you know post uh, but it did like surprising. I was kind of surprised by it, like how much like info that was somewhat accurate that it was able to kind of pull out. But I feel like you yeah. definitely have to like kind of manually go through it and kind of update it, whatever it creates. Um, but it, it is pretty crazy just where that technology has has gone or how, how much it's improved over like the last year or two. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah. It's, it's kind of yeah. interesting at least. Yeah, I think it's an interesting market for sure uh i just don't <laughs> personally i don't like the idea of reading an ai generated post um because mm -hmm. I, like, I want it to be knowledge from a human who's like learned something and then relayed it to me you know what I mean? yeah. like the basics of <laughs> yeah. human communication um uh but i think if like you said like if an ai tool if you're writing a post and you just want some help like fleshing out an idea or triggering a new idea that you hadn't like maybe thought about then that's where I, ai is like powerful i think it's not for like writing a finished blog post it's for it's like an assistant basically for like adding adding nuance not nuance adding a new perspective or yeah triggering new ideas like uh, nathan bashez made the that lex demo and he was like the first demo he released, he was writing, he'd written like three paragraphs or something. And then he used the AI to like write, write the next few sentences. And then he, you could go back and edit those sentences, but it just kind of helps you in the flow, I guess, yeah. rather than being stuck. <laughs> it's just kind of uh, yeah, like an assistant basically. Um, yeah. But the, my, 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 yeah, the, the Twitter tools that create AI to, uh, posts, I think that's, I've seen a lot of people get uh, like tired of those. Have you seen Have you seen the tweets about hiding certain? Yeah, um, yeah, I saw those and tools I looked at mine too, and they weren't. Yeah, they weren't great. Um, the the tweets weren't great, um, but they were mm. kind of funny at least to like look through to just kind of see like what you know what AI would generate for certain people yeah. and stuff. So it was interesting, yeah. but it wasn't like I wouldn't actually tweet these for real, you know. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, I think, yeah, it's hard because I think people are using those tools to write threads and things. Well, Ali Abdal, oh, he, he, yeah. he wrote a big, he wrote a big thread recently. And then like the next day came out and said, that was an AI generated thread. And here are my thoughts about it kind of thing, which is really interesting because it was one of his uh, most popular threads ever. That's pretty crazy. <laughs> the, the AI yeah. thread was his most popular? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's that's pretty wild. <laughs> yeah. So that's interesting. it makes you think how much of what you read on Twitter is actually written by someone, or if it's actually a computer writing it. Uh, yeah. yeah, I don't know. It's a complex um, thing to think about because it's so new. I don't think anyone really knows what if it, if yeah. it's like the right thing to do, or if it's the wrong thing to do, or how to use it properly. Yeah, I don't know. It's just it seems like we're right at the beginning and not really sure what's going to happen. Yeah, it's definitely going to be weird. Um, I don't know. Obviously, things are changing, but it it, it could just, I could see a weird future where like half of the things we read are like AI written, or I could see at some point there's like an AI bot that can like tell if things are AI written or not or something. Mm. And then like, we'll just yeah. use those to know, oh, this was from humans. This wasn't, <laughs> um, it, it'll, it'll be odd. Yeah. I guess that throws out the question of is if it's written by a computer, is it worse than if it was written by a human? Well, I think cause we're used to like, 
having a computer write something feels weird because you we're used to just humans writing stuff, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's worse or like or better. Right. I imagine whatever happens, you know, the the generations younger than us, especially and us will probably get used to it and it will just become Mm. like the new normal and we'll be fine with it or something Mm. like, I don't know, every technology wave has kind of done that where there was like the beginning of it where like where everyone kind of didn't like it, maybe like I remember that how that happened with like texting where texting for Mm. phones came out and everyone was just like, why would you? Everyone just didn't understand it. They're like, why would you do this? This makes no sense. Like, I can just call. Like, right. and now it's like hardly anyone calls anymore. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like the early adoption phase where it, it feels weird or you just don't understand. And then, yeah, I guess mass adoption happens and then it feels different. Yeah. So you've been on Twitter since 2006. So, quite a while ago and i'm sure twitter's (laughs) changed a lot since then so obviously there's you know there's kind of a lot of drama going on right now Mm -hmm. with twitter Mm -hmm. with elon just you know have kind of taken over the ship um i'm curious like what are your thoughts about it um and yeah just how do you feel about the whole thing Are are you worried even because you have a business built on top of twitter as well like that you know that plays into it more for you than most people yeah so the the business side of it uh I am a bit worried about what's going to happen because in the last few years, as I said earlier, like uh, the API has been getting a lot of love from Twitter and they're trying to make it more open and make it easier for people to build on top of. Um, And he could just rip that out tomorrow. Like (laughs) who knows what he's thinking about the API or, or building an analytics product. That's the other kind of worry. It's like replicating what Elo is and just make it native and free kind of thing or Mm. part of the subscription. Um, But I think, I mean, all the other Twitter tools must also be thinking about that. For like, if if you're a writing tool, you must be worried that Twitter's just going to build a better writing feature. You know what I mean? Make it just part of Twitter. Um, so, yeah, I think there's probably a lot of worry in the Twitter, like third party uh, market right now. But I think overall, mm-hmm. as a Twitter user, I don't know if yeah, it's kind of hard to to know what's going to happen. I don't. I I have no like big feelings regarding Elon owning Twitter. Um, uh, yeah, is it, it, he, he's talked about it being like the one like one app for everything, which I think would be a weird mm. change because Twitter's kind of like a communication slash publishing slash news slash I don't know, just being close to celebrities and big people like that. And if he made it into like payments and like other things like that, it would completely change the kind of app's mission. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, yeah, if he makes it into a, a better platform with better rules and better verification, and I don't know, that, that doesn't seem to be like a bad thing. Yeah. Um, I guess, yeah, there's definitely some interesting things that could happen. It So it, it seems like he's kind of willing to do kind of whatever it takes to make the business better from a like right. revenue standpoint, which yeah. I think he, you know, I think he'll probably do in some way or another. It's just, yeah, it's the question of what does Twitter look like at the end of that? Like, will it be this whole other thing yeah. that like has a lot of other stuff built into it? Like it, it might change. And, and sadly that it might just be because the, I don't know, just the normal town hall kind of thing that Twitter is right now is maybe just a hard thing to make money off of. I don't know, mm. <laughs> but um, yeah. yeah, it definitely, I mean, I, it's definitely interesting to watch. I'll say that for sure. Like, like Twitter hasn't really changed that much over the years. Um, I mean, even like the last year, I guess they have been doing, they've been trying different things, but it seems like in within like weeks or like a couple of weeks, like tons of things seem to kind of be changing um, just because Elon's there and it'll yeah it'll definitely be interesting to see what happens and um i can see why you're maybe as a third party like builder uh potentially worried i wouldn't guess that he would ruin the api though just because like they've talked about like wanting it to be more open um mm. i don't know i'm, I'm not sure yeah. if i'd worry about that part at least but maybe yeah. 
Yeah, you just don't know. Like tomorrow, he might say something completely different from what he's been saying the last few weeks. You really don't know what he's thinking. <laughs> and he seems to like say yeah. something, and then the next, then he'll get feedback on it, and then he'll change his position like straight away. So it's like really hard to know, even if he wants something, if he'll follow through with it the way he wants, or if, if he's, he's building in public. Feedback. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, but as you as you said, like it seems the business part of it is the most important thing for him. I guess he spent a lot of his own money and a lot of other people's money to buy it and now he needs to make it into like a money maker uh so mm-hmm. that's a bit of a worry in that he'll just kind of do whatever it takes to to make twitter into like a, a profitable business um but hopefully i don't know he, he is a twitter user himself and he tweets a lot so maybe i don't know it's it's, it's really hard to know what he's thinking or what will happen like in a year's time <laughs> yeah. can you could you predict what twitter is going to be like in a year's time no you have no idea no, that's true. <laughs> yeah, that so, is a good yeah. point, though, that he is a Twitter user himself. And so, mm. and, and he uses it a lot. And he's what he probably has the biggest following on Twitter, I think, maybe. So, like, he, he understands the, the value of Twitter, at least. Like, he, he's right. seen the value himself and he understands, like, the point of it. Um, so, yeah, I don't know if he would completely throw that away i i didn't know what he meant when he said something about the everything app or whatever like i wasn't sure what that meant uh, i guess no one really knows but i guess that your conclusion of like okay maybe that means like some kind of payments or something like i could see that getting into it potentially um but yeah yeah it's hard to know yeah well it could be like shopping it could be more messaging it could be i don't know like there's that WeChat app in China, which just has so many different things in it. If Twitter wasn't just mm-hmm. tweets, it was all sorts of other like basically products within one product that would change the yeah, change the platform quite dramatically. Yeah, I've heard. But yeah, yeah I've heard that WeChat. Like I haven't seen or used WeChat no. at all, but that's what I've heard. Like WeChat basically is it's like pretty much the everything app. Like pretty much you can do anything in there, and mm. it's where they do everything. And so, yeah, buying stuff, messaging apps, all kinds of stuff. So that, I mean, that seems like the everything app, like, it, it, like, I don't know if that's the direction. Yeah. That it could go, mm. but, um, yeah. yeah. At its core, Twitter is like very simple. Uh, like back, like in back in 20, 2006, when I joined, you'd, <laughs> you'd over SMS, you'd, you'd send an SMS <laughs> and then you'd receive SMSs for everyone else's updates that you followed. Like it's very simple as a core concept, and it's still basically like that now. You write a tweet, you see other people's tweets. Um, so yeah, I think maybe it doesn't need to be complicated. <laughs> just just make the platform better and make it into a business. Um, yeah, I don't yeah. know. They've added spaces and they had the fleets thing. I don't know if those kind of things will stick around. It's, I don't think I've ever seen Elon using spaces. No, I don't think so. But there's there's like groups of people that seem to really like spaces. Um, mm. So it gets some decent usage by yeah. some different communities. Um, but no, yeah, so no, and then before we space thing. Inth- interestingly, yeah, that's true. I I've tried to host a couple indie hacking spaces, but I haven't done that in a little while. I should probably do that again sometime. One time I randomly, like last week, I, I randomly held a, a Twitter space where I was just like working on something and I just had like music going in the background. Okay. And um, I, I think, yeah, I was writing a blog post and I was like, the, the title was like SEO and chill. Like I was just like, ch- mm-hmm. like chilling to listen to music while I was working on something. And I said that people could come up to talk about SEO and I ended up not like writing a single word during <laughs> that space because I was getting so distracted. So it, it ended up not being a good way to focus uh, like I was uh-huh. planning, but uh, I tried. <laughs> <laughs> it was fun uh, either way. Um, so the last thing I wanted to talk about uh, real quick, uh, kind of before we end, is kind of this idea. Kind of, it's it's kind of the debate, right? Like it's the debate that everyone's talking about within our spaces, within the, like the indie hacker bootstrapping kind of communities, is doing small bets versus focusing on one thing. And obviously, you 
at least what you're executing is kind of doing multiple things. Um, maybe like, yeah, like small bets, multiple things. Um, so I'm curious, like what's your kind of take on this argument that people have and, and what you think about it? Yeah. As an argument, I don't really like it because I think <laughs> what it comes down to is just like personal preference. Some people are wired differently from others. I think the people who have multiple projects, that's just kind of who they are. Um, and if you, if you yeah, look at some of the replies to my tweets where I talk about multiple projects versus having just one, there's some people who are like, yeah, that's me. And then people are like, no, I can't do that. What are you talking about? So I think there's definitely two groups of people. Um, like for me personally, if I, I don't think I could only have one product. I don't think that's ever going to be a thing because I like playing with stuff. I like trying out new ideas. I like build like the initial part of a product project. It's like the most exciting part, like mm -hmm. taking the idea that you have, like thinking about it, processing it, how are you going to build it? What's, how's the market going to react? Like what, what problem are you fixing is like exciting. So I've done that many times. Like, why would you just do that once if that's what you enjoy doing? Um, whereas yeah. some people, yeah, they, they build one product and they're just focused on growing that one thing and that's fine as well. <laughs> I don't think, I don't think there needs to be an argument. Um, a lot of the people who are like, oh no, if you have multiple projects, then they'll never grow big. Um, you'll never have like a big hit. Well, that's fine. I'm, I'm like providing for my family. I'm earning more than I've ever earned before. And I have like five things on the go and I'm probably mm -hmm. earning more than there's a lot of people with one product that are earning less than me. Um, and then you, then you look at Peter levels, mm -hmm. who's literally, I don't know, he started so many things. He's got two huge hits, nomad list and remote. Okay. And now he's building new AI things on the side. Like that's not wrong. Yeah, you can't say that's wrong. The best, best example. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I don't know I, I, yeah. if you want to build one product, build one product. If you want to build lots, build lots and it doesn't really matter. Yeah. I, you know, people like to make it a debate, I guess, mainly because, I mean, that's what Twitter's kind of for, like it's for yeah. people arguing about things. Um, and so it's something that comes up on Twitter um, and people like to argue about, but I, what I wonder is if even just hearing you talk about kind of what you're doing um, with multiple products and stuff, like, I wonder if the other thing is people just have different goals, like yeah. where people that are maybe doing one product, maybe their goal is to build like a huge business or something where I could kind of tell from hearing what you're talking about, like your goal is more just like to enjoy building stuff and just kind of enjoy the process kind of, um, and mm. kind of whatever you kind of want to do, like you're going to do it because it's, it's fun. Mm. <laughs> um, or I think right. there's probably a lot of people. And, and I think this is where sometimes there's like, you know, the indie hacker bootstrapper kind of group kind of mingle a little bit like they kind of are connected a little bit um mm. but i think this is maybe where they differ is like indie hackers are <laughs> typically more doing it for enjoyment and they're just like i'm just working on my own stuff they're usually like solo where like bootstrappers there's like a side to them where it's like they are trying to build like a bigger business even though they might not be raising money um and so mm. usually they're kind of like focusing on one thing um, so yeah, I think maybe that's part of it is like part of why there's an argument is because people have different goals and they're, they're not the same goals. And so then they're arguing about something that without knowing that like they're, they're seeing it differently, uh, because of that. Yeah. Yeah. So like Chris France, who run, uh, runs loops, he's kind of a big advocate of doing one thing and he's talked to me about it before. Um, but he like, he started loops and went through YC like straight away and raise money like that's clearly his like big passion and big like idea is to make it into a huge product i don't have that drive <laughs> My, the drive for me is building things playing with ideas trying to like kick new things off um yeah just and i like jumping between projects because i i could probably i would probably get bored if i just had one thing going the whole time um i like yeah being able to like switch to a different task, basically. Um, but I mean, <laughs> saying all this, I have been trying to focus on Illo the last month or two. Um, and I wonder if I, I, I do wonder if I just focused on Illo, what would happen to it? Would it grow past the 
like the plateau it's going on right now. Um, and yeah, that, these last three months of the year, I've tried to do more ELO than anything else just to kind of kickstart it a bit. Um, yeah, but I, just, I couldn't do that long term, I don't think. <laughs> Unless maybe, maybe if I had like a team and I was like leading a team or a company more than just like a project, maybe that would make it easier. But then again, I'd probably get home and just work on side projects in the evening, like when I had a job before. So it would just be the same thing, just like set up differently. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think for me, like I, I kind of can see myself going either way. Like I, I've done multiple things at once um, and kind of, you know, even within this year, but potion has always kind of been my main thing. But mm. I've definitely had that itch to like try stuff and just like have some have mm. some fun with something. Actually, there's been like a product or two that I kind of built within like a week uh, this year that I, I didn't even like share or tweet about. Like I, I made like a full little thing and then I kind of got so I was like, uh, I don't think I want to continue doing this. But like I was just mm. kind of having fun with it. Um, yeah. And so that I, I definitely see that. I think it. I think what drives me though, like my goals and stuff is more so like, I definitely want to have fun and enjoy what I'm doing. And I think what allows me to do like have fun and enjoy it is kind of like the learning process. Like I like the, like just learning new stuff, growing, growing my skills. And so I could see at some point, like wanting to try something like a little bigger or like something just with a little more challenge. Like maybe it is like growing a team or focusing on like a bigger product idea. That's maybe a little more ambitious just because there's, mm. there's a challenge with that and there's a lot of learning. Um, so I could see, I could see maybe going in that direction, even though like right now, kind of my goal has been just to like build like a micro SAS, like build something that at least pays the bills, you know? Right. Um, and I think that's also maybe what plays into this argument and into this as well is like people are on different stages of like a journey or a different stages of like a stair step kind of approach of building businesses where obviously people that have like already like built businesses and they've already kind of done it, like they're probably going to like be more ambitious and like go for bigger things um, where they're probably or maybe like going to be focusing more on one thing. I guess that, you know, there's, there's definitely people out there, though, that do multiple things that are very ambitious. Um, I don't know. I'm trying to think even of like, I think it's like tiny, tiny co or something like that. Like they just own like tons of businesses. Um, yeah. and he like buys up businesses all the time and like he has teams that run them and stuff. So I guess there's that too, um, which is pretty ambitious. So yeah, it's hard to have like a, a one side, like a one kind of thing fits all, I guess. Um, yeah, but yeah I, I, I think I agree with you basically. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think part of how I feel about it is also how I've done it and how how like I've, I wouldn't say I'm successful but I've been successful in this path I think if I'd built four products and I, I couldn't have left my job or it failed and then I and I built one and then that one thing grew then maybe I'd have a different opinion <laughs> um, but for yeah. me I wouldn't be able to like support my family with just Illo, for example, right now, because it's not big enough. Um, but with mm -hmm. my selection and my range of different things, then I can. So like, maybe that's also kind of how, how I see things is, is because that's how it's played out. So, yeah. And that's probably the same for the people who have built yeah. one project. If, if they built a product that's growing big enough to support them and they focused on one, that one thing, and that's been a success, then that's the kind of, why maybe why they feel that's the right way but yeah i think overall just whatever you <laughs> whatever you feel is best is the best way to build yeah i think and this is actually like advice i i typically like give to like new entrepreneurs i think it makes sense when you're like earlier on in your entrepreneur journey to like try lots of things because typically like we don't know like one like what we're passionate about or maybe like what we're good at, maybe like what users we like to serve. And so I think just like trying things like helps that learning process to be quicker. And then like, once you kind of answer a lot of those questions for yourself, then it's like, all right, then yeah, maybe then you can go in on, go in bigger on one thing and, and try like a bigger bet on something. But I think it makes a lot of sense to try lots of little things just to learn a lot, figure out like how markets are different. Um, Cause I know, I mean, I think, 
generally that's how most people start. Like most entrepreneurs aren't like try one thing and go all in on it and it ends up being huge. Like there's a few cases of that, but I feel like the majority are like, I tried multiple things, kind of a lot of them failed and I learned along the way. And then eventually you kind of find something that works, you know, pretty well or whatever. Mm. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's, it, yeah, it could just be like where people are on, are at in their entrepreneur journey. And so that's kind of the advice I give to like people that are kind of starting out that not sure what they want to do is just like try lots of like little things and you'll, you'll learn that way. Um, yeah. so anyways, yeah, I, I think I agree with what you're saying. Like it, it, it's different for different people. And so it is kind of a funny thing to argue about, but that's, you know, that's what <laughs> Twitter's for. Like, I, I feel like a lot of Twitter threads that blow up are typically someone like saying one thing kind of generically and then a ton of people replying to it and be like, oh yeah, but you forgot this edge case and this edge case and this isn't true over here. And it's like, that's what, that's what Twitter likes. So <laughs> yeah, well, that, yeah, I had a big tweet uh, early this year where I said that you can build multiple products um, with kids and still get eight hours sleep or something like that. And a lot of parents were like, what the hell? What are you talking about? How, like, that's this guy is like <laughs> crazy, that kind of thing. And I was like, what? I'm literally doing it. So it's possible. I don't know. It, was, it got a lot of hate, yeah. actually. It's was, it was weird, but that, that's, that got a lot of um, impressions, that tweet. Mostly because oh, people yeah, argued you with can't, it. <laughs> you can't touch the uh, the sleep topic. Parents will, get, <laughs> parents will get mad when you touch this the sleep topic, which, you know, I feel like I'm kind of on your side with that because I, I get a lot of sleep as well. And I feel bad for parents that don't get much sleep. Um, and, but the thing is you can't say anything. Like I, I wish I could help or say something, but I'm sure like they just get really mad if I said anything about that topic. So I just had yeah. to be quiet, I guess. <laughs> yeah. There was a lot of angry mums saying, Oh, this guy clearly doesn't do any housework. <laughs> I actually did quite a lot of housework. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Well, uh, Dan, thank you for being on the podcast. That was, that was a fun conversation. Yeah, um, exactly. I'll put all uh, links to like your Twitter and stuff you're working on in the show notes. So guys, if you want to check some of those projects out, you can check them out in the show notes. And uh, yeah, this is fun. I think the last time you were on the podcast was like over a year ago. It was it was a, wh- a little while ago, um, but I'll, I'll put yeah, a link it might to, be, it to might that be episode as well. Two years ago, yeah. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll put the link to that so people can check up on what we talked about all the way back then. Um, but yeah, thanks again. And uh, yeah, we'll see you guys in another episode.